I'm currently obsessed with these women who have swindled and tricked seemingly intelligent, wealthy men out of their money. When the story of Anna Delvey hit the newsstands four years ago, I read everything I could about the case. Not because I admire her, but because I still cannot understand how anyone could do what she did and get away with it for as long as she did. My friend Katie and I keep joking that we're just going to start telling people that the wire's on the way over and over and over again. The wire's on its way. (laughs) And don't get me started on Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Just four years ago, her company was valued at more than $9 billion. She had 800 employees and members of her board were some of the most well-known and well-respected people in the world. And now she's headed to prison. You can kind of see why she did what she did. Tech entrepreneurs have been faking it until they make it for an eternity. Her undoing was that it was a healthcare startup. They were testing a prototype on human beings without FDA approval, any real technology that anyone had approved. It's illegal, unethical, and wrong. But it's fascinating from a behavioral psychology perspective. In the final episode of this season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Lenny Bruce says to Midge, 90% of this game is how they see you. They see you hanging with Tony Bennett. They think you deserve to be there. They see you held off jail for saying the F word at a strip club. They think you deserve that also. Wise up. Fake it until you make it is a common refrain among entrepreneurs who think the only way to succeed is to hustle all day and all night long. But there's also something to be said for hanging out with Tony Bennett versus people in a strip club. Perception is reality. I know this doesn't have a lot to do with communications yet, but we'll get there on this episode of the Spin Sucks podcast. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. Welcome back to the Spin Sucks podcast. I'm Jenny Dietrich. Fake it till you make it. Perception is reality. There's something to be said for hanging out with Tony Bennett versus people in a strip club. But when is it too far? And why is the communications team blamed when it is? Earlier this year, I read an article in PR Daily titled, PR Missteps Accelerated the Downfall of Elizabeth Holmes. Gosh, I'm sorry. I thought it was the conniving, lying, and illegal activity accelerated her downfall. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure PR had nothing to do with it. And yet, even on our industry trade pubs, we are blamed. It's difficult to determine if Theranos had a corporate communications team or employed an agency. It's actually hard to tell if there was anyone else outside of one woman, Brooke Buchanan, who left the company in 2016. In the documentary, the inventor, Patrick O'Neill, is touted as the company's chief creative officer. He led the creative and advertising teams, including his former employer, TBWA. Outside of that, though, There isn't much mention of who, other than Elizabeth Holmes herself, was handling communications. And certainly, there was not an expert in the room. The PR Daily article reads, While Holmes' ultimate unraveling might have been inevitable given the size and scale of her deception, the following communications missteps, each of which could have been prevented with a cohesive strategy in place, proved particularly disastrous for her cause. The author then says that communications professionals could have prevented the chaos inside They could have changed the way Holmes interacted with journalists at the end, and they would have summoned supporters to speak on her behalf. I disagree. While I was not in the room, I have become quite a bit of an armchair quarterback, having read everything published, watched the documentary, and listened to the podcast. I even watched The Dropout, which, by the way, is very good, and 
Amanda Seyfried was phenomenal. I can tell you based on all of that, no one was allowed in that room other than Elizabeth and Sonny. The attorneys called all of the shots, especially after the Wall Street Journal article ran. Not even the best communicator on earth could have prevented the chaos, mitigated the negative blowback, or summoned supporters on her behalf. They simply were not allowed. Holmes's ultimate unraveling was the size and scale of her deception, and no one, not Gandhi or Mother Teresa or the Pope or Ruth Bader Ginsburg, could have prevented that. So to blame the communications professionals or a lack of cohesive strategy is ludicrous. In just a minute, I'll be back to discuss who is to blame in this entire saga. Is it PR? Is it the tech media? Is it both? I'll be right back. There are two things I want you to know about. The first is the Fundamentals of Media Measurement course that we just launched with Muckrack. And the second is the PESO model certification. Both will help you evolve your career this year as you learn how to measure your work using the PESO model to get you there. The Fundamentals of Media Measurement course can teach you how to measure your earned media efforts, create a successful measurement strategy, and report on your success. It will take you about two hours, but it has quick bite-sized lessons you can take when convenient. It has actionable tips, step-by-step approaches, and examples from Jonna Burke, Christopher Penn, and me. Go to mrac.co slash spinsucks to learn more, get registered, and start your measurement journey today. That's mrac.co slash spinsucks. Please be sure to use that link because I get a gold star every time someone registers, and I love gold stars. And for those of you who need to evolve your career, learn how to integrate the work you do with marketing and amp up your measurement efforts, the PESO model certification is for you. Step up your game with an academically accredited PESO model certification from Spin Sucks and the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Learn more about that by going to spinsucks.com academy, or you can go to spinsucks.com and click on academy in the navigation. And now, back to the show. Before its downfall, when media outlets reached out to Theranos for an interview with Elizabeth Holmes, it was reported that they were always met with two questions, what time and where. That could have been inexperience, it could have been directive, or it could have been that Holmes's assistant was the one fielding those calls and her job was to schedule as many interviews as her schedule allowed. It also could have been that the strategy was to launch and brand the company with PR, Something, if we're all honest with ourselves, we all dream of and rarely see. I, for one, would have been happy to field interviews from the likes of Forbes and Fortune, The New Yorker, and Vanity Fair. To have them chasing us versus us chasing them? Yes, please, and thank you. Holmes was the Silicon Valley darling, and everyone wanted a piece of her. In the documentary, the inventor, Ken Aguleta, the journalist who wrote The New Yorker profile on Holmes, got choked up when he talked about how duped and deceived he felt after lauding her and then realizing she had lied to him. They all bought her story. Hook, line, and sinker. The tech industry is interesting, and the media outlets play their game. If they don't ask tough questions, and they do glorify the founders, they will gain access to early product versions, or they'll gain access to the CEO when that person makes their rounds. However, if they don't play the game, They could be locked out of all good stories and even lose revenue. Hindsight is, of course, 2020. But when the tech media treated her quote-unquote invention like the next smartphone or VR-produced travel game, they didn't ask tough questions. They also became culpable in the story. When my friends and I discuss this whole saga, I say over and over again, 
it's okay if a product goes live before it's ready, if it's an app or some new fancy phone. But when people's lives are at stake, there has to be a different level of regulation, Silicon Valley or not, young female entrepreneur or not. Yet no one seemed to question the fact that there wasn't a working prototype, that it hadn't received FDA approval, that it hadn't been peer reviewed, and that it wasn't being regulated. It was a really good story. And we all love the story of a 19-year-old college dropout who makes it big. If that young entrepreneur is a woman, the story is even more compelling. It's easy to sit here and place blame now that we know the full story. It's easy to say that it was a media problem or a PR problem, but both of those statements are wrong. It's an Elizabeth Holmes problem, full stop. No one could have prevented this for her. It took a full army of former employees, high-profile reporters, and finally a very boring government agency to shut it all down, something only one person created. If you'd like to discuss stories like this one or obsessed about the next saga that I'm sure is coming, join us in the Spin Sucks community. You can find us at spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. That's spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. It's a community full of crazy smart professionals. It's free. It's fun. It's smart. And you might just learn a thing or two from your peers. I'll see you next week. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 